Thank you for listening to the Belong Art Community podcast, brought to you by the Belong Art Community residents and funded by the Regional Arts and Culture Council. On this podcast, you'll hear stories about and by the residents of Belong Art Community, a unique place for individuals living with developmental disabilities, for artists, and for those who fit both descriptions. First up, David Hutzler. I want to let you know about some more of my favorite organ flower gardens. I'll be talking about them in the order that their main flowers bloom from early spring into fall. First, first come the tulips. About 400 years ago, tulips were first brought to the Nether- Netherlands, which now produces the most tulip bulbs of any place in the world. When I was on tour in the Netherlands with my blues group United by Music about eight years ago, I visited the Kuknoff Gardens near Amsterdam, where it was full of beautiful tulips and other spring bulbs. Next to making music, that was probably my favorite part of that trip. Closer to home, I try to go every year to see the tulips at Wooden Shoe Farms, named after the old-time kind of shoe that used to be worn in the Netherlands in Woodburn, Oregon. The farm has a tulip festival that runs from mid-March through the month of April. There's no public transportation to the festival, so I catch a ride to the garden with other people who love tulips. They sell day tickets for each car, and parking is free. You can walk down long rows of blooming tulips of many colors, look at many of the special ones close up on tables in a large exhibit hall, and buy a bouquet of tulips to take home. Tulips don't really have a fragrance, but they are delicious to the eyes. Next to bloom are the azaleas, rhododendrons, and star magnolia trees in Crystal Springs Rhododendron Garden. It's located in southeast Portland near Reed College and it's accessible via TriMet Bus 19. There's an admission fee, but if you want to go a few times a year, you can buy an annual pass that costs less per visit. April through June is the main blooming season for azaleas and rhododendrons, and I think that they are at their best from late, late April into May. I love walking through groves of huge rhododendrons covered in shades of white, lavender, purple, pink, and red. I also enjoy observing the many waterfowl, ducks, and geese that come to the nest and feed at the park's big lake. Once when my mom and I were visiting Crystal Springs in the springtime during the pandemic, I told her that I heard a bald eagle's cry. I looked up and saw one glang slowly near the top of a tall Douglas fir. Then I saw it land in what looked like a big pile of twigs and branches that was probably a nest near the top of a fir tree. After that, its mate took off flying and kept calling back to his partner that had just come to the nest. 
We decided they were probably taking turns keeping their eggs warm and hunting for food. The next time my family and I visited the garden to show it off to friends from Chicago, we saw the eagles again. I plan to go back next spring to enjoy the flowers and hopefully see the resident eagle pair again. Also in May, the bearded iris are in bloom at Shriners Iris Garden, just north of Salem, about 30 miles south of Portland. They plant display gardens that open to the public during the last two weeks of May at no cost. I enjoy seeing the tall iris. Some of their stems get to be four feet tall or more, mixed in with other flowering plants like cannies, lupin, and clematis. The garden also has flowering plum and cherry trees that bloom around this time of year. Looking across the display gardens, you can see and hear a cloud of bees flying above the flowers. If you get closer, you'll see happy bees rolling around in the center of the flowers. It's bee heaven! Bearded iris come in many colors, and their complex flowers have distinct parts. They're called bearded because they have fuzzy stripes on the petals that fall down from the flower center. These petals are called falls. The petals that point up from the center are called standards, and they're sometimes a totally different color from the falls and the beards. Bearded iris are fragrant, with many different scents ranging from spicy to buttery to perfumey to light and sweet floral. I've enjoyed many hours of sniffing and otherwise admiring the beautiful bearded iris at Shriner's Garden. The last garden I want to share is Swan Island Dahlias, located in Canby. Like the tulip and iris gardens I've talked about, this garden isn't accessible via public transit. The Dahlia Festival happens during August and September and is free of charge. On weekends, you can enjoy live music and there are food carts and artists selling their creations. Dahlias come in many shapes, pom-pom, cactus, star, anemone, ball, and orchid to name a few. They also come in every color, excepting blue. Next time, I will talk about more gardens around the world and why they are my favorites. A villain, always a villain? Can a man become good when the whole world wants him to be bad? Find out right now on tonight's episode of Unnecessary Evil.
So, shall we go over your record? There's been a lot of that lately. Of what? Reminiscing about the past. Starting to feel like some sort of gimmick. I can assure you, Mr. Sis, there's nothing gimmicky about your mental health. The tea is silent. Please just call me Dilbert. Dilbert. Of course, you're distancing yourself from your old persona. I want nothing to do with it. Naturally. Well, seeing how you are attempting to live on the straight and narrow, may I offer you some advice? Do I really have any say in the matter? What I'm wondering is, why? Why would you want to go soft after all this time? That's what I find hard to believe. Why? That's the easiest question to answer. I spent the better part of my life in prison. I don't want to go back, and I want... I want to feel like whatever's left in my life isn't wasted. That's very good. I'm glad you could give me a clear answer. Ah, so you were testing me. I should have known. Moving on. How was the reenactment? How did it feel? Surreal. I'm not sure what the point of it was. The point? The point of putting me through that charade. It's a classic. A lot of people have fond memories of that very significant event in the history of supervillainy and superheroics. But why me? Why not a nice young actor, someone who could actually do all the stunts? I mean, they have a new crime buster. People want to know you. The younger generation wants to see you in action. Well, I don't want people to know me. I want to go clean. That means a new life. You never answered my question. What question? How did it feel? The heist. Uncomfortable? Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable how? Everyone was having so much fun with it, it just didn't feel right. Were you having fun? And what was with the crowd? It was huge. In a real heist, you usually don't want a crowd. Dilbert. Were you having fun? I can't say that I wasn't. I see. Thank you for your honesty. And you can call me Marlene, by the way. Please, Marlene. I just want to go on with my life. Everyone wants that. But it's not allowed for you. Don't I deserve a life after all this time? Dilbert, would you do me a favor? Do you see the shelf behind you on the left side of the shelf there? On the second row from the top, there's a copy of Crime and Punishment. Do you want me to read some enormous book? I was asking you, do I deserve a life? Of course you do. Then why put me through all this? Why make me relive my past? Dilbert, I can't give you an honest answer to that until you do me a favor. No, no more favors. If I'm not free, just tell me up front. I'll go back to prison and spend my final days there. Not like I remember much else. Dilbert, please. I'm done with this session. I'm leaving. You know you can't. What's the worst you can do? Revoke my parole? What parole? Next time on Unnecessary Evil. That's next time on Unnecessary Evil! That was a lot of fun. Thank you, Landon. I can't wait to hear what happens next month. 
On our last episode, we heard from Belong resident Grace Kovic and got to know her, her background, and her love of cooking. Today, we will be speaking to her very special guest, Joshua Matat. Joshua is an executive chef, and he talked to us a little bit about his life and what he and Grace will prepare in the community kitchen at Belong on next month's podcast. My name is Joshua Matat, and I'm an executive chef. I always enjoyed cooking as a child, and with my aunt, my mom, and my grandmother, we would always cook. I got a job in my aunt's restaurant as a broiled cook, and from there, I noticed I love cooking. I love the food. And so from there, I kind of worked under a chef and became a chef myself. I've been a chef a little under 30 years. Favorite cooking memory? Let's see, there's so many. I would have to say about 12 years ago in Seaside, I worked for a guy that we did a governor's ball. We cooked for the governor of Oregon. We decided to make stuff that was never been made before. So I made a Guinness brownie brittle sundae. We had a good times and it was one of the better moments. Some of my favorite things to cook. I love lasagna and I love making homemade lasagna with homemade noodles, building my own sauce. That's one of my favorite things to cook. I also enjoy cooking barbecue pork sandwiches. I really enjoy baking. I love baking. Um, During the Christmas season, I always bake my heart out. I believe that everybody should know how to fry chicken and make potato salad. Something easy to cook that everybody could I would have to say chicken Alfredo. The Alfredo, homemade Alfredo sauce is really, really simple. It's, it's one of the fewer ingredients. Have I ever cooked baked salmon and asparagus? Uh, no, this, this is the first. This is the first time I've ever made baked salmon and asparagus. Um, I was trying to think of something new to do with Grace um, that we would both have fun with and able to have our own input on. Um, on how to achieve the best dish. So this is the first time I've ever made that. Thanks for visiting, Joshua. I can't wait to share the final part of this segment next month. When I say it's delicious, I mean that literally. Finally, we'll hear once more from David Hutzler about a singing group he's involved with and a visit from Jenny Stadler, the executive director of Fame. Let's listen. In 2022, I was invited to join the Portland Revels by famous executive director, Jenny Stadler. Hi, my name is Jenny Stadler, and I am the executive director at Fame Academy. Before I started working at Fame, I was the executive director at the Portland Revels. The Portland Revels is a, I believe, nearly 30-year-old organization that celebrates community through arts and culture, song and dance. Their big production is a once-a-year show in December, which really started based around the Christmas holidays, but actually it kind of dates earlier than that. It celebrates the darkest time of the year and the lightness that we find as human beings in the darkest time of the year. I met Bruce 
Hostetler, who directed Fame's production of The Poet's Shadow, and the music director, Robert Lockwood, and I attended my first audition and performed with the Rebels in Andalusian Nights. And now in 2023, the Midwinter Rebels and I are rehearsing for Emerald Odyssey. So the Rebels is known for its big winter show. For the longest time, it was called the Christmas Rebels, and only recently it's been now changed to the Midwinter Rebels. And the show is is a combination of professional musicians and actors and then a volunteer community chorus. And the community chorus is um, all auditioned in. They're excellent local singers. It's a, So it's a combination. It's a lot of choral music. I wanted to join the Rebels because of all the choral singing. Also wanted the opportunity to participate in wonderful shows with the Midwinter Rebels. Choral music is when you have a number of people together singing together. And that's the essence of choral music. Choral music could be five people hanging out and singing all one part in unison. And choral music could be 50 people or 100 people singing eight, 10, 12 parts. So it's a lot of choral music, but then there's also dance and usually a storyline that runs through the show that is carried by actors. Every year in the Midwinter Revels, there's a, a theme. And the theme is basically looking at some culture at some time of year, I mean, sometime in the past, and how they would have celebrated or dealt with the darkest time of the year. So often it's around the winter solstice because it's set it's set around the time. Um, everything is set around the time that we have the longest the longest night of the year. In the Rebels Chorus, there is an average of, depends on the stage, so it depends on the stage size, but somewhere between 30 and 45 members of the chorus. So some of the other songs that we're doing for the Midwinter Rebels are Auld Lang Syne, also Deck the Halls, and Mohile Maud, the Sussex Mummers Carol, which the Rebels do at the end of every performance. It's a traditional song. And Dona Nobis Pacham, the Wexford Carol, and uh, another traditional one, Lord of the Dance. Fame Academy, where I'm currently the executive director, um, you know, I and because I used to work at the Revels, I still have a lot of um, ties with the Revels. And the artistic director of the Revels actually worked and directed a show for Fame in 2019. And through that time that he directed the show, his name is Bruce Hostetler, and at the time he directed the show, he, um, with fame, he was just blown away by the quality of singers and the quality of work that our students were able to produce. And so when the Rebels had their first show back, um, their first live show after the pandemic, he did an audition call to fame and was like, have people at fame audition. And David Hutzler was one of six fame students who auditioned to be in the Rebels and one of two who got in. It's a really fantastic thing for David. The opportunity, I mean, honestly, and for fame and for Rebels, like it's a great thing all the way around. You know, one of the things that we at FAME are always trying to do is get more arts organizations to include people with developmental disabilities in their choruses. And David has an astoundingly beautiful voice. And he was probably overlooked by a lot of quote-unquote mainstream 
arts organizations because he's a person with an intellectual and a developmental disability. And what the Revels did is not only did they cast him, but the Revels is such a community. It's such a warm and welcoming community. And they just took David into their community and they are fully now part of the Revels community. And this is the way that it should be. This is the way that the world should be, is that you you're doing something that means something to you and you've been doing it for years and you find community members. Revels is all about community. It's all about everybody in the community. And so like let's just include everybody in the community. Last year when I performed with Young with the Rebels for Andalusian Nights, we performed at the Newmark Theater in downtown Portland. And this year we are performing the Emerald Odyssey at the Alberta Abbey, which will have a lot of Irish music, including the Wild Rover. Right now, I'm currently working on the music and attending Tuesday evening rehearsals and mega rehearsals on the weekends. I feel very honored to be a part of the Midwinter Revels because... I get to meet new people and learn a variety of different songs. Also, I have the opportunity to participate in wonderful shows with the Midwinter Rebels. Here is a piece of a song called Avinu Malkino, which I sang with the Rebels last year. That's the end of our podcast for this month. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, we'll be back next month with another all-new episode. And if you have interest in learning more or donating to Belong Our Community as a nonprofit, please go to www.belongartcommunity.org. This podcast was written and performed by David Hutzler, Landon Windham, and Grace Kowich. It was recorded and produced by Jason Rouse. Original music by the artists at Belong. Featuring the guest voices of Ted Douglas and Lori Ferraro. With special thanks to Liz DeClean. Chelsea Steffens is our executive producer. We will see you next time.